What's up, everybody, and welcome to No BS with Brian and Susan. Welcome, everybody. It has been two months to the day wow. that we've done a show. We last, Our last one was January 28th. It is March 28th right now. We took a little break. There were award shows. There were, there were movies. There were holidays. And now we are officially in spring in Dallas, Texas, and happy to be here with you with our 35th episode of Woo! Yes, No BS with Brian and Susan. It's so much fun. We have a great show for everyone today. We have our Blind Watch, which is a little thriller named No Exit. We can't wait to talk with you all about it. We have our main event, which of course happened last night, all about the Academy Awards, those Oscars, everything's on the tip of our tongue with that show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, it's yeah. all I can think about today. It's usually after every Oscars, it's about the talk of the week. And just like in Bachelor Nation world, everybody has a short term memory when it comes to this stuff. By next week, it'll be something new. So. True, true, true. Yeah. Um, and of course, we have our our suggestions, our honorable mentions for the movies. But first, we kind of went two months away from this podcast, mm-hmm. and all of the most recent <laughs> season of The Bachelor happened with Clayton. So we have a lot to talk about with Clayton, with his girls, with The Bachelor, with the upcoming things. Jesus Christ, Susan, what a season. Yeah, it was. We'll talk about a season that, you know, I, I, I know we talked about, but I just feel so bad for the guy. You know, he never, he never was rooted on from the moment he was picked to the very end. This guy has been dumped on. And the only thing I can say is thank God he got the girl that he wanted in the end, because at least he feels like a winner. At least he feels like it was all worth it. But yeah, what a and, and it's so funny because it started out like a pretty boring season. So well, it's it, it's it's interesting because this guy named Clayton, he we saw him on Michelle's season of The Bachelorette, and he was okay. And then one episode, since she's a teacher, um, she had her her you know first grade class come to the show and had some of the bachelors you know have a fun day with them and allegedly or it looks like everybody all the kids loved clayton so the producers are like holy shit we got to get clayton as the bachelor which makes no sense and it (laughs) it makes no sense but you know right after that episode clayton got kicked off because she didn't want clayton michelle didn't want clayton and then lo and behold clayton is the new bachelor uh strictly i believe from that episode and He comes into this new season. He, all these girls come in, and uh, oh my! So first off, we just have to talk about this one girl named Shanae. Ugh, God, let's not waste too much time on her because she is not even like she's a horrible person. I'm sorry. Right, right. Shanae was on Clayton's season. She's one of the girls, and. 
her delusions of grandeur, her narcissism, and her just attitude in life in general towards people was it, it was it was I'm speechless about it. It was so horrifying that a human being would be like this, yeah, consistently. She- that you have to question, like, is she really cool? And like the producers were saying, you got to be the villain, and we'll pay you extra, or if that's just her. I don't. I I have no idea. Yeah, I really debated if she was a, uh, a paid. I still think she could have be a paid plant. Like they could have just been like, you know what? If you just keep this uh, facade going on and let let yourself be really hated, we'll pay you this much. It's okay. Uh, who cares? People will forget about it. You'll get to go to paradise, whatever, and you can redeem yourself there if you want to. Because a lot of people get a redemption story in paradise if she wants that. Uh, how she acted at the women tell all. I don't know, because she had no remorse and she's so delusional. She seems to, this girl was nothing but like so mean to all the women in the house. She just, she picked her blonde victims. And if she didn't like you, she turned, she made Clayton think that you were a bully, which she doesn't know what the definition of a bully is at all. And somehow Clayton bought into her victim play and kept her all the way up until I don't know, like top seven or eight, top eight ish kind of thing. Maybe not that far, but uh, to the two on one, which is probably the producers maybe told Clayton because he has admitted the producers basically made him keep her. Um, And I think they told him to keep her for the two on one. So that's not honestly that big. I know it was frustrating that he kept her for as long as he did, but I just think she's just terrible. Like I really hope for her sake, she does. If she has to go to paradise, which I hope she doesn't, but if she has to, I hope she's a more of a bearable human because nobody, it, there comes a point with someone like that. You don't enjoy watching. I think the show thinks that we like these villains and that it's good TV and that we want to watch this, but that's not the kind of like villain we want to see. I agree. I agree. There's Shanae was just mean spirited Mm -hmm. and just, just toxic, very horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, And it just brought down the entire show, I think. And then just Mm -hmm. after each week, there were so many great memes of everything about that. But Clayton went on. This was the first season in a while where, you know, post COVID or not really post COVID. I think we're, there's still COVID out there, but when the past several seasons have all taken place, like kind of at a resort and that's all they've actually got to travel this season. They went to Iceland. They went to hometowns. They did a lot travel. Well, wise. They, they, they brought it back to the original thing. This was the first season um, since the fire at the house that had happened a while ago. And also, yeah, COVID, but they, uh, they finally came back to the bachelor mansion and they were finally able to uh, travel like old school, which is another reason they said they picked Clayton because he was more of a old school OG kind of pick contestant. So, okay. So they do that. And Clayton, you know, it seems like, like Susan said just a few minutes ago, the first several episodes were just boring as fuck. Like just nothing was happening. Clayton was boring the girls were more or less kind of boring except for a couple of them 
And it was just kind of like, oh man, this this show's gotten really stale. But oh man, we were in for something. <laughs> they just they this is the problem with the formula of the show. They they're so afraid to just allow love to happen. If they would just allow us to see the connections that are formed from the beginning and focus more on the the like good connections he has instead of waiting till closer to the top four to show us that then it, it actually would entertain people. Like that's kind of what they did with Taisha. That's why Taisha's season was so good. There wasn't a lot of drama. If you think about it, when Taisha came in, she just had a bunch of good guys and we got to know them. And we were even at a point where we were like, Oh my God, who's she going to pick? She has a great group of guys. So that works people. Like we don't need a Shanae or a Sarah to keep us entertained. Although I will say it is, it was funny to watch Clayton tell Sarah, I don't believe you after she clearly was very fake. So. Yeah, that was great. So Clayton ends up with four people. um, His top four. His His top top four. And that was Rachel. That was Gabby. That was, um, oh man. Susie. Susie. And uh, Serene. And Serene. Mm -hmm. And he had his top four. And the first to go was Serene, which was we 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 thought that was gonna be the case. Yeah. Um, it was sad, but it was gonna happen. She will and, do really well in paradise. <laughs> yes, 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 she will. And then that left Gabby, that left Rachel, and that left Susie. And at this point, kind of every all all the the three girls and the bachelor. Um, are in Iceland and it's clear that Clayton has feelings for one particular girl but he doesn't know how to express himself and he has no idea or he was very immature about how to love somebody or tell somebody he loves somebody so he kept thinking to himself that he was in love with all three women Mm -hmm. and there are many mistakes made. (laughs) Yeah. One being he told everyone he loved them. He like, I, well, to, to be honest, he actually told the first two, the first two girls, uh, Rachel and Gabby, he said, I'm falling in love with you. Right. And then, which in Bachelor world, I don't agree with, but in Bachelor world, that does not mean there is a difference. You can tell people in Bachelor when you're on the show, I'm falling in love with you. And that doesn't mean I love you. It's not until you say the I love you that you said it for real. That's how it works in that show. But he did tell Susie he loved her the most. Correct. Yeah. Eventually. Eventually, he tells the other two that he loves them when he's like trying to keep them. Right. So basically, when Clayton was uh, doing the fantasy suites with these three women, Rachel, Susie and Gabby, he, of course, want to take his number one pick to the fantasy suites first. But the producers were like, you've got to save her for last. They and- they knew that if he picked her first, he could very well in the show right then and there because they knew he liked her the most and they had to. This is coming from Clayton himself uh, that they for they persuaded him 
to give those other two girls, be very open-minded and give them a chance because you're just going to, you need to explore all your relationships before you pick Susie. If, if she's the one. Right, right, right. So all, all is fine for the most part at this, at this moment in time, you know, like he's doing the game, he's doing the show and then he has Gabby and he has Rachel in the fantasy suites first. So if any kind of normal person, not normal, I don't know how do you say that? Any kind of normal, oh yeah, any kind of normal person who loves somebody more than the other two going to the fantasy suites, you probably want to explore that, but you wouldn't have sex with them. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't to see a spark. But so Clayton did that. He slept with both Rachel and Gabby, his second and third choices, uh, you know, down the list uh, to to Susie. And then when he gets to Susie, the fantasy suite, his number one, she came out and asked him, like, I don't know if I can do this with you if you've slept with other people or if you've told other people you're falling in love or in love with them. And he was honest about it. She got upset. He got upset. It was a it was a meltdown. She left. He went his separate ways. And without, without wanting to know or asking the other girls if they wanted to know any details about anything, he comes right out and says, I told everybody I love them. I slept with everyone. Not everyone. He slept with well, the two. Yeah, I slept, slept with the both that were right there. Mm-hmm. And so you can imagine the heartbreak that happens, but it gets worse from there. <laughs> Right. I feel like I, I, I know I do. I do feel like that he should. I don't think it's fair to say like a normal person wouldn't have like slept with those two girls because this is not a normal process. Anybody, a normal person wouldn't go on The Bachelor. Like, I mean, if you accept to go on this experience, if you accept this, this process of The Bachelor, I'm sorry, but people are going to have sex in the fantasy suites. It's when you do it before the fantasy suites, which leads have done that it's an issue. I'm sorry. Like I, I, I don't fault him for sleeping with two women in the fantasy suites. If he wanted to sleep with Susie too, they, that's, I, I don't, you got to like establish that before fantasy suites week. Right. Happen. But I, but I get like, I'm, I'm saying, I don't mind people sleeping with each other and having sex. Like I think that's great. I, I that's part of dating. You're dating people. You're going to have yeah, sex yeah. no dating. matter what time per, you can have sex in the first date. People do that. I yeah. think it comes to a point where he knew the one he really loved and he still slept with the other two to get there. And I'm not, I, I'm just putting myself in his shoes and it would be really tempting. But if I really love somebody, I'd be like, Hey, let's talk about this stuff. And maybe talking with you impresses me enough that, Oh man, there really is a connection just like the number one. And we do have it, but I don't think that was ever the case with him with Gabby or Rachel. Right? I don't know if he himself even understood his own feelings. Like you said before, he doesn't, he's not like, he's not, very smart with his feelings. He's not smart with them. I don't think he knew. I don't think he knew for like a hundred percent. He would have probably known if he had the first date with Susie, he probably would have called a quits right there. But also Susie told him to fully explore his relationships before picking him. And in, again, I don't know what you thought fully explore meant. <laughs> if you're going to fully explore, I, I might think fully explore means 
be intimate and know that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. If I was on that show and somebody told me, yes, you got to explore, fully explore all relationships. That is the green light. And then to go back on that and to get angry, it's, that's very upsetting. And I know you and I've talked about this. There was a Mm -hmm. big meltdown between the two of them. Clayton got really upset and rightfully so. And it could have been handled better on both sides for sure. Yeah. Uh, But it happened how it happened. And there was a lot of controversy of Clayton being an asshole and Clayton being a dick. And I think, and I feel like going online and reading all the pe- things people were saying, Susan and I, I feel like we're the only ones that were <laughs> like, this is justified. I feel like Clayton had a right to be like this, right? Be- because if you think about it, what it was. So before they left the table, his conversation with her, he was very well-spoken and actually calm. That was probably the best he spoke was right there. And outside of, I love you the most, but he just like, he said, he was talking very calmly to her and he asked her, he's like, you don't think you'd even be willing to just go to the fantasy suites, but with away from cameras and just talk. He said that to her just to talk this out, to speak more because he wanted to be able to like talk it out. And she said, no. And I understand if I were in his shoes, I'd already be like, my wheels would be turning. Like, you're not even willing to talk to me about, like, you're about to like get up and leave right now. And then I've also heard when she got up in a way, a little producer birdie went to him and put the idea that she was talking to be the bachelorette. And I'm just saying, if it were me, I would probably have that reaction because I'd be like, oh, so you don't actually care about me. You wanted this to happen and you just want to, you want an out. You want an out. Right, right. You no, know? I. It, that's what it seemed like because, mm-hmm. you know. I was worried about it too. I even thought for a split second, was she trying to be Bachelorette? Right. And that would have been horrible for mm-hmm. Clayton. And I think the only way he could, that could have been better is that like, somebody would have said like, Hey, 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 okay. We're, we're losing our heads here. You go take an hour over there. I'm going to take an hour here. We're going to let's just come back. And once our heads are cooler and wrapped around this a little bit, Mm -hmm. but I mean, with Clayton's season with the girl at the beginning who didn't want to be there with Shanae, with uh, the other girl, Sarah, there was a lot of women this season that really just didn't care for Clayton were being fake. So I, in his number one, like uh thing that frightened him was that thing. And he had such feelings for Susie that mm-hmm. it seemed like it was unfolding in front of his eyes. And this was her way out. That, and so. you just touched on a, a big thing. That was another factor that he explained that he was like, I got played by these other women. And now I just thought I got played again. Yeah. And so I don't fault Clayton for any of that with yeah. Susie. Mm-hmm. It was just how he just completely fumbled every ball after that with Gabby yeah. and Rachel. It was just like, oh, God, my number one just left. And now I'm going to have to try and save face. <laughs> I've got to be transparent, even though if they don't want to hear it, because a lot of people, you know, who I mean, that would be something I wouldn't want to hear until like, so to be on a national television show that's watched by millions, personally for me, I mean, I guess that would come up in conversation, but I wouldn't want to know 
on camera in front of a lot of people. That could be something after the show that I find out, you know, in private. So then I can deal with it with that person and in my own way, not on national television when you break down. But it mm-hmm. happened twice to both of them. He broke their heart twice. I know. And it was oh so cringeworthy. And I think it, you you watch Clayton and you're like, this guy is a good guy. He's a mm-hmm. good dude. He's just a fucking idiot. Like he's just yes, he's just a stupid person. Like he's just not the sharpest tool in the shed. Like that's all I can say. Like I don't think I hate when people call him a dick or like that he's like a player or anything. It's like he's not even like. I'm sorry, he's not like that's smart enough to be a player right now. Like maybe I'm not trying to I'm not trying to uh, diss his intelligence. Like Clayton, you seem like a really nice person and smart. I'm sure you're a smart guy. Like it's just you just made not smart decisions on the show. That's all. But I, he's not a bad person. And I I had so much respect for him when he did um, how he, even though it's like awkward for the women, but I actually did respect what he told the women at the beginning, uh, what he told Gabby and Rachel, even though it sucked, I did like it. What I didn't like is he should have let Gabby go when she wanted to leave. But for the sake of Rachel, I was happy she came back because it would have hurt a hundred times worse for Rachel to be the last girl there. And she was already worried about being stuck there. And then he would have sent her home. Like she would have stayed. She would have met his parents and thought, Oh yeah, I'm getting engaged after this. It's only me and we're in love. And then he would have dumped her. That would have been a much more embarrassing and painful breakup versus Rachel coming back and they both got broken up together. Like it, it does soften the blow. Like it really does. Yeah, I, I think so too. And so, you know, after, after Susie left Gabby and Rachel, he, he told the, he told both Gabby and Rachel, I slept with both of you. I told both of you, I loved you. I love Susie, but she left because of all this. And they were brokenhearted and they were both leaving for the most part. No, Rachel was, no. well, was Rachel gonna stay. Wasn't. Rachel was gonna stay. She was yeah. brokenhearted, but Gabby basically left. Yes. Clayton went to go get her again. The two were there. He was gonna make the final decision. And then of course the producers t- tell the host, hey, tell him Susie is still in Iceland. Go talk with her one last time. Goes to talk with her. And they reconcile. She's the one, and he has to go break up with Gabby and Rachel for a second time. And it's just like, well, oh. I, I do want to say something. I wouldn't even call that. He, so this is another reason why I'm going to give him some credit here. I wouldn't even say he necessarily reconciled with Susie. He only got the chance. I don't know if he did he even talk with Susie before he sent them home. I can't remember which was first. I don't know the order. I no, think I, actually, I think he talked with her because why would he send them home before he went to talk with her? Well, I think he already he definitely made his decision that he was going to send them home before because he realized from them meeting her parent, his parents, he was like, I'm still thinking about Susie. So I got to send these girls home. And I got to go for Susie. So I don't know the order of what, but regardless, I don't want people to think that like, even if Susie had said no, I think he was still going to send Rachel and Gabby home because he had already like made that decision. Right, right, right. I agree. So when he sends Gabby home, Gabby is upset, but man, she's got a good head on her shoulders. She was very, she knows what to say. She, she's just, 
She's highly Gabby's intelligent. She's great. Yeah, no, Gabby, she's a legit boss. Gabby, I am. I'm. I'm clapping for you. I'm snapping for you. You are so well spoken. Oh my god, she said everything I like would only wish I would say in that moment. She was so smart, so eloquent, so oh my god, and like like I still love the way she's like. Can he's like? Can I walk you out? And she's like, no, no. <laughs> and she just, I mean, she. I already liked her from the like the episode before that, but like those last two episodes of her and the way she was in the after uh, the rose final rose. Oh my god, I fell in love with her just in two episodes. I was like, wow, what a badass no gabby is awesome now picture everything we just said about gabby and then do the opposite for rachel it was like a five-year-old having a meltdown crying fit and it was so embarrassing oh cringy oh man it was bad like she started crying as hard as she could bawling eyelashes on the side (laughs) yeah she's like you just made the biggest mistake yeah I deserve. I can't believe I, you're letting me go. I can't believe you're putting me in this car right now. Yeah. Oh my. It was. It was so bad. It. It, it was. Oh man. It <laughs> there's one way to go about it, and there's another way to go about it. <laughs> you bring up such a good point because I've never ever witnessed that in the history of this show. Two polar opposite women's like breakup to watch that back to back. You see Gabby and you said it perfectly polar opposite, like of what we just saw with Rachel. No, no like shade, Rachel. I just like, that was, I, it just killed me because she, I feel like she confuses at least at this point, I don't know how she's going to be on her season, but she confuses lust for love. And her and Clayton had such a strong, the strongest physical connection. And she assumed because of their strong physical connection, she would be the one. And like, she really genuinely thought he would come, like it would haunt him and he would be regretting his decision. And I knew he wasn't, I knew this was like in his mind, as probably as he was watching this, it was solidifying his decision. Yeah. Yeah. For, for sure. I'm sure he was thinking like, Oh, this, Oh no. Oh, this sucks. But, um, yeah, I think, I, I think when it was really happening, he was like, oh man, I dodged a bullet here. I think so, so that happened. And then we get to the fi- finale and it seems like, yes, Susie and Clayton are together. I don't think mm-hmm. they're engaged, but they're together, no. right? They are together. I follow Well, I check on their stuff and they are still really cute. They, he went to West Virginia, I think is where she lives. He is going to move there. Um, find work there. They're going to live together, which is always a smart move. If you're going to do this, we'll see how long it lasts, but right now they are super cute and trying to fully do this. So they seem very happy right now. That's good. That's good. And so that is Clayton's season. And then they came out and they said, okay, well the next bachelorette, it's not Gabby. It's not Rachel you know, it's, pa- long it's pause it's Gabby and Rachel. So yeah. for, I guess the first time ever, they're going to have two bachelorettes on one show vying for, I guess, 30 guys. So the question mm-hmm. is, well, sorry, I mean, they released, they released, um, images of the guys that would be competing. I don't know if this means it's all the guys It's 35 men that they released. I don't know if all those men will be on there or if they're going to narrow it down from to 30, but yes, they're, yeah, just that was the number that right now they have. 
All right. So 35 and there, how is that going to work? So is it going to be Gabby and Rachel, you know, kind of being in the same place and then 35 guys in the same place and just guys can pick who the other wants to go for? Like, how's that? How is this going to work? I don't know. I think this was a last minute decision. I think this was if it, two days before something like that, that uh, from what I hear, they were pretty adamant they wanted Gabby and they saw the response of how people felt bad for Rachel. I felt bad for Rachel. Um, it did. It was a great moment to feel like these two women who kind of got like screwed over a little bit that they're getting their second chance at love. But so the closest we've ever seen to bachelorettes was when Caitlin Bristow and Britt, I can't remember her last name, but Britt, they had them be two bachelorettes. This was the worst decision in bachelor nation they ever did. They had Caitlin and Britt stand outside the limo or, or, you know, outside the house and each man met the women. They met her. And then after a cock, a night one cocktail hour, they voted on the bachelorette. They wanted to stay and be and compete for horrible, horrible decision. Especially if if you're going to do this, I don't think it should do this with any gender, but to see this with two, like a woman, oh my God, like, ah, it was so cringy. Like it was torture to watch this because it was all fine and everything was fine up until they revealed who it was. And I wanted Caitlin Bristow because I I really liked her and I was so happy when it was her. Uh, But then Britt's reaction broke my heart and I wasn't even crazy about Britt, but I was like, I would be mortified if that was me. The only saving grace was one dude was like, I'm going to go after Brit. And they dated for like a month. And uh, so that was that was something that felt good for Brit. But uh, they're not going to do that. They're not doing that. This one is apparently they will be bachelorettes the whole time. I don't know how they're going to do this without men having to choose between two women is the thing. No, yeah, it's going to be super, super weird. I think. And it's just, I, so that brings a question. Have they, have they jumped the shark here? Have they, have they gone too far? What, 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 what's happening? I think they have, because the only, I mean, unless you can tell me another strategy, the only way I can see this going down is if you designate, you designate whatever half the men for each girl and you keep them on separate dates and we're watching the only times we see the women get together, like Rachel and Gabby get together is when they have like nightly chit chats or something and they share their thoughts or something like that. But that's not going to look very good for TV. But my worry is they're not going to do it like that. My worry is they're going to be like, oh, like, like, I I just don't, you can't control men's feelings. Like Like, men are going to choose one. Right. My guess is, I mean, how could this work from a show standpoint? So let's say, you know, there there's a hat and the guys draw, you know, ones and twos and the ones go this way, the twos go this way. And then once somebody is kind of voted off, they might get a chance to go to the other side if they want to and to see if their chances pick up there, because that would bring drama, that would bring stuff and that would keep the women at bay. You know, not not at bay, but like friendly because you don't want to see those two fight over women or fight over men. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You don't want to see anybody fighting over. Yeah. Because that won't be good either if we see 
the two women fighting over a guy, that won't be good. Right. But if there's somebody that didn't get a rose in like the first two or three episodes, they have the option to go to the other woman because maybe there will be a spark there and that would bring drama to the house. Like, oh, it's the new guy, you know, something like that and vice versa. But I I don't know if that's going to be the case because it would be a real short season if it was just, you know, 15 guys each for the most part. But I don't, honestly don't know how that's going to happen. And I hope, you know, judging by the seasons I've seen and you've seen, you know, they're, it's all about the promos and the trailers and, you know, the lead in. So everything, oh my God, this is amazing. Oh, they're falling in love. This is so great. And then doom, 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 yep. drama, drama, drama. drama oh, no. These two bachelorettes are going to be fighting each other. There's going to be saying some shit. I feel like that's really where it's going to go, but I hope not. I hope not, because if they do, if that's where they go, because they're already being called out about it, they're already being told, like, you, like, this is what you're going to, you're going to pit these two friends, like these women who are supporting each other, you're going to crush that and they're going to be going against each other. If it leads to that, the show will get major um, backlash. It won't, it it, it will be, it will hurt them. Like, and Mike Fleece, the creator of the show has said it will not turn into a competition between the girls. So. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I think that's what would, that would be like a way to 15 go here, 15 go there. If you want the option after you don't get a rose to go to the other side, just to see, you know, in like that one shot, if you don't get a rose that time, you mm-hmm. have to leave, you know, something like that. There might be rules, but I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to it. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous. I think. Yeah. So, well, so you saw the guys with, uh, by looks. What, what do you think? Looks are okay. I'll be honest. The guys pictures never do them justice. They always look a lot better in person. So there, there were some cute ones. My only concern was there were a lot of young guys and I'm actually really shocked because Gabby is 31. Rachel's 25. Maybe she's 26 now. I'm not sure, but there were some babies in that group, like 24, 25 years old. And I'm just like over it. I think the number one thing we need for a bachelor, which I guess that doesn't say much because Clayton was 28 or 29, but I do think the minimum age for the men especially need to be like 28 and up because men are not, I'm sorry, they're not mature. <laughs> like uh, even now, like, it seems like it's so hard for like, I know I have single friends that once like even 30 year olds are hard to, to nail down. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I would have wished that they would have, yeah, maybe 27. Let's, let's cut them some slack. 27 and older, uh, would have been better, but I don't know. I'm just worried about some, some babies on there. Bachelor and bachelorette. Oh my God. So bachelorette starting, is it May? No, uh, typically it does start in May. That would be the usual thing, but they're having this one start July. I think July 11th, which is very shocking because that's usually when paradise would be happening. And a lot of people were scared that they canceled paradise. I don't know why they would jump to that conclusion. Paradise is one of the most highest rated, um, you know, bachelor franchise uh, shows or whatever. But so no, it is not canceled. Uh, it should be coming in the fall. So they're they're doing a little mix up, maybe because they have two bachelorettes. They feel like they can. They, and 
who knows? Who knows how they're doing this thing? They There was a screenshot of um, the two women on night one in their evening gown dresses waiting. So that's another thing that's alarming to me because deja vu, that's exactly what Britt and Caitlin did. They were in their oh. evening gowns, standing outside the mansion, waiting for their, the men to come. So... I mean, I can't imagine anybody voting for Rachel if any of the guys seen it. Not one, just from her, from how she handled the situation. And then, of course, her family. Like, who would want to be meeting with her dad? (laughs) That's some scary shit. I think the family would be okay, but just her reaction on the, um, yeah, on the tell-all, or not the tell-all, sorry, the after the final rose especially, um, that's what left a bad taste in my mouth a bit, but, uh, I think, um, you, the difference was you had a very composed, calm, collected, just asking questions, Gabby. And then you had a very emotional, heated, reactive Rachel that, yeah, I don't know how many guys are going to be. However, my worry, I, I will be I almost, almost would love for, for Clayton's benefit and also, also for Rachel to have some peace too. I'd love for Rachel to fall in love with more than one person and maybe give uh, Clayton a little bit more, more grace and yeah, understand for that sure. when, when you're in this process, it does happen. It does not mean he told you, I love you to sleep with you. It does not mean that I promise you, he did not say that to you to get in your pants. So I just, I, I really truly believe he, he, he thought he loved her. And, um, yeah, I believe, and, I believe so too. And Rachel, if you fall in love with more than one guy, I don't blame you. I don't, yeah, I don't blame you. But prepare to that. get the backlash on that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's bachelor and bachelorette news. Let's move on to the main topic last the night, the Oscars. Uh, it's a lot. So much happened and so little happened. Um, so I guess we really first have to uh, talk about the giant ele- elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah, let's talk. get into Will Smith, which actually there's some breaking news as well on that. Oh, breaking news. Hold on. Let me see. Um, there's, a, there's, there's a statement that Will Smith, Will Smith has finally, finally spoken out. Oh my goodness! He finally spoke up. Um, well, let's let let's talk about it first. Yeah, um, let's what talk happened? About it first. So, at the Oscars think, last I night, think people know what happened. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So the Will Smith Chris Rock slap. Um, yeah. Will Smith got up live at the Oscars, went on stage while Chris Rock was given an award after a joke Chris Rock made at Will Smith and his wife Jada's expense. Will uh, hit Chris Rock in the face and then went back to a seat and started cursing and yelling at him. Um, I think and- you should also give a little bit of why um, why it was so bad, the joke that Chris Rock made. Okay, well. well, okay, so, well, yeah, we're going to get into that. But that, okay. I mean, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Will Smith attacked a dude on live television. Um, so... Okay. Tact is a little harsh, but okay. No, that's what happened. He got hit in the face. 
So he slapped him. He slapped. I will have to admit there are theories going around that this is fake and staged. And I've seen, I don't think it is, but it's amazing what people have showed as far as like a play-by-play of the thing. Like Chris Rock doesn't even flinch. He actually leans into the slap. Do you see that video? Like he actually leans in, but it's possible that he thought it was going to be a light slap. That's my one theory is that maybe he saw Will Smith was getting up and he's like, oh, okay, this guy's got to slap me. But he could, he could have thought it was going to be. Well, well, he might've thought that like, he was going to whisper to something to him or something like that. I don't know. Something like that. I I don't know. But so what happened was Chris Rock made a silly joke, a dumb joke about Jada Pinkett. And then Jada Pinkett has was it alopecia is that correct she has alopecia and audio which is autoimmune disease yeah autoimmune disease that causes you to lose all of your hair mm-hmm. um and so jada pinkett's there she has no hair um and chris rock's joke was and i see jada i can't wait to see you in gi jane 2 which in gi jane the original movie with demi moore she's a woman who joins the army and shaves her head to join the army of guys that was the joke it's a joke that's beneath Chris Rock because Chris Rock's probably the best comedian ever. Wow. And that joke is just, he is. He's amazing. Best comedian ever? Wow. He's, okay. he's, he's, one of the, he's in the top five ever. He's, he's good. Yeah. Sure. Top five. Top five. Yeah. yeah. So he, that joke is just so dumb. It's a throwaway joke. It's and, not a funny joke and it shouldn't be said. I, I think that that really needs to be stressed. I'm, I'm sorry, but I but think can, the Oscar needs to reevaluate what the jokes are because we shouldn't be making fun of anybody for their appearance ever, let alone, especially a woman who can't help her hair loss because I'm sorry, men, like if you lose your hair, it sucks, but it's not the same as a woman losing their hair. It is not the same. And it is very, very like, it's it's something that women are insecure about. It's their part of their identity. And it's, it's in, she was, she's been vocal about it and it's, it's not okay. It's not an okay joke. I'm sorry. And there are some other jokes last night that I wasn't like crazy about either, but we can get to that later. Right. Right. So, but a comedian is going to tell jokes and Will Smith is a comedian amongst other things he is. And Jada Pinkett has been in comedy movies. She's been known to be, you know, comedian-esque. And so with this throwaway joke, you just, it, a comedian is telling a joke. And so what happened, where, where the controversy is, is that where Will, where there's a lot of controversy, but Will went up and attacked somebody for telling a joke, a dumb joke. And then yelled at him on live TV prime time. And Chris Rock being the genius he is was like, well, uh, best Oscars ever, you know, and got through it. So I don't know if we're here to like, you know, talk about what we think about was Will Smith wrong? Was Chris Rock wrong? I think, I mean, basically what happened was it made everybody look bad. It made, Will Smith looked bad, it made the Oscars look bad, and it made the people in the audience for the most part look bad because it made it made Chris Rock look bad too, Brian. They bought both Will Smith and Chris Rock, I think, are at fault here. Oh, I I disagree with you there. I think Chris Rock was doing his job. He's in a room. One 
probably the second worst room to do comedy in uh in a in the first being the white house to take a joke and try to make everybody laugh he was doing his job whether the joke landed whether the joke was was offensive you don't resort to violence you don't resort to hitting somebody for somebody saying something. I'm not saying that. I am not agreeing with his slap. I do not agree with the slap. He should have, there's other ways to defend your wife's honor, but. I don't think he was defending anything. I don't think, I don't think Will was defending anybody. I I don't feel like you're, you're putting yourself in his perspective at all. Like, I I think you, you got to look at both. And and I do agree with you that Chris Rock was a pro at how he handled himself after that slap. He, I give him a lot of respect how he handled it. Uh, I, he did better than I would because I would just want to cry. Um, cause that's just really, it sucks, but he is a smart guy. He's been doing this for years. He's clearly friends with Will Smith. And given the time we are in now, he should have known that that joke was not good. It wasn't a good joke. And he, I, I think, but again, I'm not saying it's, it's, just, they both are, what, what to be, so you're saying, you're saying that if, what if, what if Jada had cancer and that, that was why she had a shaved head? Are you still going to say that that joke is okay? He's just, yeah, because I, I am a firm believer that you can joke about anything. It is, it is. It's how the joke is conceived and delivered. There was no ill will. There was no uh, there. There was no evil deed towards saying or making fun of Jada in such a way that would warrant that type of reaction. And it was it was a dumb joke. It was just like, oh, I can't wait to see you in GI Jane two. That it should have been there. And if it offended them that much. They could have just, you know, kind of smiled. And then at the after party, like, hey, man, let's not joke about that anymore. That's that. But what Will did and what Will did after that in his speech is very telling. Um, and I haven't read his I haven't read his updated statement yet. But going on what he did and then his acceptance speech. I think a lot of people are at fault there, but not Chris Rock. Um, And I'll tell you why. With Will Smith saying, going up there for his acceptance speech and saying he's a vessel of love, he is a um, love makes you do crazy things. You know, in college, I studied psychology in a few classes. I studied this and that about all of that. Those types of words, those types of sentences are textbook, textbook stuff for abusers and abusive people. It, it, it is. And I'm, all I'm saying is that if Will Smith is deeply disturbed, if that joke gave him that such a reaction to do what he did on a global stage in front of his peers and millions of people, there's something much worse going behind something going on behind closed doors. And so I hope he gets the thing he needs, but more so of the Academy and the people there will, it took will several seconds to get up there to hit Chris rock. And at no time did he think twice about doing that. 
about what he did. He didn't think twice like, okay, I'm going up here. I'm going to hit him, but no, 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 I shouldn't. He did it. There's something deeply wrong with Will that he needs help with emotionally disturbed. And the fact that Will wasn't taken off stage or there wasn't security or something for somebody to get up on stage and hit somebody and nobody do anything about it. But 10 minutes later, applaud him is crazy, especially in Hollywood where Hollywood people get up in arms about literally anything when something like violence goes on on stage in front of them, they do nothing but applaud, which is insane to me. So in summation, I'm glad Will won the Oscar. Like he deserves it for his acting performance, but I definitely think there should be some repercussions if he's kicked out of the Academy for a couple years or whatever in hopes that he gets the help he needs. But you think his Oscar should be revoked? Oh, not at all. Not at all. I think he gets to keep his Oscar. I think that Oscar was deserved for that performance in King Richard. I just think he might need to take some time and get the help he needs. But I don't think Chris Rock did anything but his job in this moment because word comedians are going to say things. And that's a precedent that Will Smith did. I mean, anybody can say anything. And I think if the, if Dwayne, the rock Johnson was up there and told the same joke, if Amy Schumer was up there and told the same joke, there would be no slap. He Will Smith wouldn't have gone up to the rock. Will Smith wouldn't have gone up to Amy Schumer and hit them. It was, Chris Rock, a, much, a smaller person than Will Smith. And well, it, yeah, I can I true. add that? I think it's because it was his friend, not because he was a smaller person, but it was somebody that he knows and is close to and that maybe there was a comfortability there. Not again. I want to reiterate. I'm not I don't I wish he didn't do the slap. He shouldn't have done the slap. It was not OK. But I think that's why because I've seen that people have said that I've seen that all over the Internet. I don't think he he would. It, it depends who he's close to. He, he is apparently him and Chris Rock are like brothers is what I'm reading these days or whatever today. Today has been saying that they're, they're like brothers. They've already reconciled, by the way. Um, and they're, that's what's being said. So, so, so you, you have the article of his statement. I'm very yes. curious. I'm very curious on what the statement says, because I have not read it. So, let me read the, the statement. Um, and I just want to, I do want to add a little bit more, but I'll read the statement first, but, uh, he says violence in all its forms is poisonous and destructive. My behavior at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable jokes at my expense are part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear. And I reacted emotionally. I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line and I was wrong. Um, I am embarrassed and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. There is no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. I would also like to apologize to the Academy, the producers of the show, all the attendees and everyone watching around the world. I would like to apologize to the Williams family and my King Richard family. I deeply regret that my behavior has stained what has been an otherwise gorgeous journey for all of us. I am a work in progress. Sincerely, Will. So first, what do you think of it since you're... I mean, I am very happy that he publicly apologized to Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. um, 
I still think there's some deep seated shit within him that's going to come out over the next while that he's been trying to keep at bay for 30 years because, you know, Will Smith is known as like the nicest guy in Hollywood. Everybody loves him. He is really nice. He's super nice. Right. You and I met him and he is super nice, but I think there's some deep seated stuff with him and Jada that has been rumored for so long that it will be coming out at some point soon. I hope he gets the help he needs. That apology, the public apology, it's what needed to be said last night. I wish he would also apologize to Questlove and everybody on Summer of Soul for taking that moment he away said from e- he essentially listed everyone right right i mean right. he can't he's gonna then he has to if he's gonna apologize to quest love he needs to apologize to every single winner for that night not just quest love no correct correct because it brought but, down the evening but yeah. i'm glad he did say th- something because i was getting worried from what i was reading at the after party last night when he was just dancing and when they asked him how the night was going he said it's a beautiful night not mm-hmm. acknowledging anything you know, and how much was this really of Will Smith doing and how much was his publicist doing? You know, you don't know because it's just written. You know, there's no nothing of him in the video or him saying that. But it's it, it just made everything look bad on all yeah. accounts last night of what he did. And I think the Academy should suspend him from the Academy for a while. Like, I really think so. I think what he did, I mean, I am so happy he put out this apology, but, and you don't find it's genuine. You don't, I mean, I don't know. He, he put it in writing. This is something in the heat of the moment last night. He did not say anything to Chris rock. He said very textbook abuser stuff of, Hey, Hey, I love, I love everybody so much. I just try to be a thing of love, but love makes you do crazy things. That is textbook abusive behavior. Tr- trust me, Susan. That is. I understand. Stuff. I'd really love to be able to say my my part on this once you're done. No, no, so, please, please. I'm uh, looking because I know you and I did. You and I, yeah, text a little bit last night, and I know you and I were polar opposites. And I slept mm-hmm. on it, and I just everything about what Will Smith did was bad. And not only that, but how they handled the situation after. I can't believe no security took him out and did anything to him. And the only way he got away with that, because he's Will Smith, it's celebrity status. They can get away with anything. If that would have been anybody else, they would have been taken out two seconds. Mm -hmm. I mean, that happened. Like anybody who enters a wrestling ring that's not a wrestler gets taken out immediately as well as anybody who tries to get on stage at an Oscar show gets taken out immediately. And for people to applaud Will Smith after that, it was, I just, I couldn't believe it. And while I'm happy he won, I even said last night, I just couldn't be happy for him after what he did. I just couldn't be happy for him. And I still can't be happy for him right now. And I'm saying this that I hope, because I love the guy so much and what he's done, like in his movies, I want him to get better and I want him to seek help. And that's what I think. And I hope he does, but I'm curious on your side. Cause I feel like it's very opposite of mine. Mm-hmm. There's some <laughs> things I agree with you. Um, I am happy for him because he deserved the win. He, he was so incredible in King Richard. It was the moment I saw that film. I knew I wanted him to win the best actor Oscar for that performance. 
And I think, and maybe I just try to, especially since I've gotten in this business and I like pay attention to what these actors have to do. And again, I want to reiterate, I'm not excusing the slap. He shouldn't have done that. There's no way he shouldn't have done that. And the reason why I don't think security came up when he was walking up is because nobody knew what Will Smith was doing. For all we knew, he was going to go up and talk on the mic, you know, say, steal the mic from Chris Rock. You know, I have no idea what he was going to do. I didn't expect him to slap him. Chris Rock, although it did look like he leaned in, I don't know, like either way. Um, yeah, I didn't know what was going to happen. I'm surprised security. I don't know if they went up to him during the commercial break or something. I have no idea. I know a lot of stars came up to him and was worried about him. I, I guess I just think about the fact that I, I put myself in his shoes and this man is, I've seen this guy literally get swarmed by fans and not break a smile and people like clawing, pulling on his shirt, calling, you know, and just wanting a picture. And this guy does not break a smile. I, I cannot imagine a day in his life. And I know the things that have been talked about his marriage, his, him and Jada have been the butt of so many people's jokes and they go on about, I know, you know, some of the rumors that are spread around his marriage. And I don't know if that's something clearly there is more there. Clearly this is a sensitive subject and maybe there's been talk that, that will doesn't do enough to show his love for Jada. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't defend her enough. I have no idea, but whatever it was, I also think that he probably better than anyone knows how insecure she probably is about her alopecia. He probably has seen her cry about it. He has seen her at her worst about it. So when he saw his friend make fun of it 10 feet away from him while he's sitting right next to his wife, I don't agree with what he did, but I can understand how you might in that moment not even think for a second. I mean, he gave up his own Oscar moment to be like, that's how much he wasn't thinking. He wasn't even thinking like, I shouldn't do that because I'm probably about to win Best Actor and I don't want to mess that up. He was just thinking about his wife was hurt from this and I've, I, I got to do something. And what he did was wrong. It wasn't the right thing to do, but I don't, I guess I can just see why he did it. And I'm not, again, I'm not excusing it. I do think Chris Rock made a mistake with that joke. I do think there's fault. I'm surprised that like, I, I don't think we should forget about that. And I, I just, in this day and age, that's not what we should be joking about. And there should, we shouldn't use the excuse that anything can be a joke. And just as embarrassing as it was for Chris Rock to get slapped by Will, it was embarrassing probably for Jada to get made fun of about her bald head. Like, that's embarrassing. Like, if I had that and I was at the Oscars and that got, like, made fun of, I can think of a lot of things I'm insecure about. And if a comedian even threw that jab at the Oscars, I would be mortified. And he said in his speech, we have, we're, we're taught to sit there and laugh it off. Eventually you're going to break. Like, I yeah, that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to laugh it off because they are millions. They, they make millions and millions of dollars. They're famous. They're millions of dollars. They have to poke fun at themselves one night a year. They poke fun of themselves, but not about a medical condition that you can't control. I'm saying there's there's rules. Make but, fun of Will Smith's 
like some of his cheesy acting stuff. Yeah, but like, but with the alopecia, it wasn't like, hey, you have alopecia and you look ugly. It, it was literally a G.I. Jane joke. It was a dumb joke. It's a bald it wasn't a joke. It's it a was a bald joke. It was not a malicious intent in Chris Rock at all. And that You're is right. a comedian's job is to tell jokes with words. Will Smith being a comedian should know that. And I'm all I'm saying, there's something wrong with him that his reaction was that harsh on live TV, something should be done. I'm not saying take away his Oscar. No, let him keep his Oscar. I agree with you. He deserved it. He, I'm glad he won. But there should be repercussions. He should not get away with that, what he did. Um, and I think, I, yeah, he, I just, he shouldn't. I, I, I agree that he should have some sort of other repercussion. He probably is going to get some sort of suspension. He may not get invited back right away, um, something, because they're not going to let it just like slide. The Academy made a statement right away that they don't condone violence right after the show was over. And to the, there's other things the Academy to me messed up on. They, they shouldn't oh, no, have we'll, approved that. They, yeah, I'll just say, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but they shouldn't have approved that joke. I don't, because that has to get approved. And someone should have said, no, 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 that's taking it too far. Uh, cause I still don't stand by that joke. Um, but it's not, it's, it's but, not but the, 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 the reason the, the, the thing here, Susan, is that everybody has to understand you, me, and everybody is that no joke, no word should resort to violence. Agreed. I will no, say that. Yes. Will yes. Smith is a hundred percent in the wrong. I don't care if, Chris Rock said a bad joke saying, oh, look at Jada over there with a bald head. That still doesn't deserve, that still doesn't warrant I, going up and attacking somebody. Okay, but I, I do agree with you. I agree with you on that. But you're giving Chris Rock like a completely complete, I'm not, I'm not even saying they're like equal. I'm not even saying it's, it's 50-50. I'm just saying that, you can't just say that Chris Rock was so completely innocent. Like I'm, it's not, he shouldn't have been hit. He shouldn't have been slapped, but he should, the, like he, it should make him think twice before saying a joke like that about well, someone who has a medical. He, he told, condition. he told a bad joke. I've been at shows when I was in the audience and uh, the artist tell, told uh, Holocaust jokes. It is insane, mm -hmm. but nobody went up there and punched the guy. Nobody went up there and said, get the you know get you know f this and f that like i'm saying I, chris rock was doing his job and it's, I it is, it's also a little different too though when you single out someone and they're standing right in front of you though i, I will just say yes holocaust that, jokes suck but but that but that but that happens all the time ricky gervais does it every year at the golden globes <laughs> you know he doesn't make fun of someone's medical condition there are things there's rules there's there is there, things that you don't make fun of no this rules in comedy in, in, to a comedian you try to you try to tell a joke and get that per get that person to come over and realize you know it's, it's funny sometimes it's offensive but i think just the physical altercation because i just don't want comedians to be worried about, oh my God, somebody's going to come up and punch me for telling a joke. That's what happened. Like, it, it's just, it's very unfortunate. And I'm glad Will has come out today and had something in writing, but I don't know. I, I, I think 
in the coming months, we're going to find out more things about him and Jada. Like I, it, and it's still, it's not a good look, but moving on from Will Smith and Chris rock, in my opinion of the whole, this whole Oscar telecast this year, it just, it wasn't that good, even though I'm so happy for most of the winners that I couldn't be happier that some of these people won and some of these movies won as a whole, this was not a great year for uh, Oscars. What do you think? I do agree. I, I will. I just need to add that the last year's Oscar was the worst Oscars I ever saw in my life. So by comparison, this was better. So it was it was a better Oscar than last year. But that was going to happen because last year was like garbage. Um, this it started out well. And I I did think all three hosts were good at the beginning especially so they're opening all three opening monologue. And then um, Amy Schumer's monologue at the beginning was good too. After that, whatever, whoever wrote those jokes, whoever gave them those things, like, I don't know if it's their fault. They, they seem capable. They were funny, but I didn't like a lot of those jokes afterwards. And, um, and then I just thought the producer, whoever is directing the Oscars, stop it, like go away. It needs to be some bring back, the people before who were directing like Billy Crystal Oscars, because y'all are caring way too much about the, like the, the people who don't care about movies. I'm so sick of the Oscars trying to get ratings. You, the people who watch the Oscars are going to watch it because they love movies and they will watch it. They will watch a five hour broadcast. It doesn't matter to take out those eight categories and try to add them in the way they did. That was obvious. It made it look really disjointed and like not a smooth flow. The in memoriam who decided to throw a concert while like we were honoring the people who've passed this year. Gross. Did not like that. And I just, I did not like some of the, oh, and the, the top five fan vote favorite thing. I don't know who the hell was voting on that, but let's just, you want to save some time, get rid of that crap too. So to echo you with the three hosts, um, I love Wanda Sykes and I I just think if the producers and directors of the Oscars want to get people to more ratings, you can't hire those three people. You can't hire people like that. You have, you have to get somebody like Kevin Hart, in the rock to bring people to view. They They're need to be Kev, Kevin Hart, especially that would be, that would well, really Kevin Hart and do and the rock. They work well off yeah. each other. They love each other. They're family friendly and they would push the show along very well. Yeah. That's a good pair. And even add Channing Tatum to it. That guy is just fun as hell. Uh, I don't think we need three to be no, honest. No, not three, no, not three. I'm just saying that he could be in there, you know, not just three, but if they wanted ratings to go, that's how you do it. And then, I mean, I will give Amy Schumer credit, her best line of the night being, I just got out of my uh, Spider-Man costume. What happened? What did I miss? That was a great- Did I miss something? That was a great icebreaker. But the jokes fell flat. No, It was just poorly done. And- well, the opening the, the, was good. The, except for, can I say the DJ Khaled thing when he interrupt them? Yeah, no, that was that. that was ridiculous. It yeah. just was weird. And then I think 
the uh, the academy likes to say that the pe- reason why ratings are declining so much is because it's the time. As and I agree with you, it is not the time. People no. watch three hour movies. People watch ten hours of binging television show in a row. It is not that. You have to have fun with the Oscars. That's what you have to do to make everybody like it. Yes, movie people are going to watch it, but. Other people like watching the Oscars too because they like watching movies and they like seeing celebrities. So you have to have fun with it. Take away your dumb tributes to Godfather. Take away your dumb tribute to James Bond. James Bond. Because what you did was show two minutes, two minutes of clips of the movies, and then Mm -hmm. you brought out somebody that said, "Hi, I'm in James Bond," and they left. It takes up time and it doesn't make sense. Have fun with it. Have presenters come in in character from their best movies have joe pesci come out and present an award as a character from lethal weapon or goodfellas that and promote that and be like that's just an example but that would be fun to watch and it doesn't take up time than normal you know just have fun with it because the Oscars try to be serious. And if they want more ratings in this culture, you have to be entertaining and fun. And I think that's what the rock and Kevin Hart, because rock and Kevin Hart appeal to all ages. I guarantee you, most people didn't know who Wanda Sykes was. And that's a shame because Wanda Sykes is amazing. Um, She is amazing. I also think we didn't need her Academy tour. As much as I love her, that was too long. Yeah, you don't need bits like that. I don't care about that stuff at all. Keep it about the movies. Keep it about the things and make it fun that way. But that's my idea. They'll never listen to it. Maybe they will. I don't know. I I, I have to add to that. I just think that, no, I mean, can we talk about the top five bullshit list that they did? that That was to get a younger audience in. And the funniest part about that was Zack Snyder being number one both times. But who, this is what I don't understand the Academy is thinking. Where do you think that a younger viewer is going to be like, oh, did you see that? We saw for like two minutes, the top five. And it was like a quick clip. And then, oh, I'm sold on the Oscars. Like that did nothing. That was just a waste of time. Like remove it. Sorry, yeah, re- yeah remove it and add something like the Critics Choice does. Add like best action or best horror or best superhero movie. And that would actually like, oh my God. So you have, you know, your, your 10 well, or nine normal movies, but then all the I, movies I, that we really like, like Nobody and Spider-Man and- Shang Chi, get those in there too. So some you have that element too because those movies are real movies. I don't care what Scorsese says. No, and- they are. I don't even necessarily you think you need those per se. To be honest with the Oscars, because if you want to throw them in, you can. But I, I think they're already like trying to minimize on awards. Um, but I I think that that's not the issue here. I think one. They go over every year. They always go over three hours. People are watching because they want to watch. So they need to give up this time thing. They can go back to the basics. I think they're trying too hard. That's the problem. There's nothing wrong with just showing all your awards, throw in some musical performances, have good comedians be the host. You can honor, if you're going to do a lifetime achievement award, then you can show the body of work. 
and have a respectful in memoriam. Like yeah, I, uh, that, exactly. Ig- exactly. That's exactly right. We, Susan. we don't need this extra, like we don't need Amy Schumer hanging as Spider-Man. We don't need uh, Wanda Sykes dressed as Will Smith from King Richard. Like that just looks desperate. I'm no, sorry. It, it does. And that's why I had the idea of like, have people show up in character from their movies. People would like that. You know, they're not in the tuxes and trying to be all, you know, they're actors and actresses have them come out as their most beloved character, you know, like the Jesus from Big Lebowski, you know, well, come that would have probably worked better for whenever uh, Uma Thurman and John Travolta were doing their Pulp Fiction instead of them dressed as themselves. It would have been better if they were dressed as those characters. Yeah, dressed as the characters. And, you know, they said their lines like that. And that was a fun bit. But I mean, come on, like, let's let's have fun with it. And I think if you have a good comedian or song and dance person like Channing Tatum mm-hmm. song and dance, you know, like Billy Crystal was. Well, I would think you more Hugh Jackman. He, he or Hugh Jackman was great too. Great you know, you have mm-hmm. something like that, but I think if you want the ratings really high up and you want something fun and family friendly for all ages, the rock and Kevin Hart is where it's at at least to start. And then I, you can go from there. I do agree. I do agree. And I think that somebody needs to revise these jokes. I don't know who's coming up with these jokes, but the, the COVID thing, I, I was okay with it at first when Regina Hall was like, okay, we'll, uh, we'll take some of these guys or whatever. But then when she frisked Jason Momoa and uh, Josh Brolin, I did not it, like that. I think that joke worked for the first 10 seconds, but then they dragged it on for two minutes and it got really awkward. And I just yeah. thought like, man, if the roles were reversed and that was yep. a dude doing that to chicks, yep. that everybody would be up in arms about that. hundred percent. That was my thought too. I didn't mind it so much when she was just doing the list. I was like, okay, but I agree with you. She should have done that bit a lot quicker. It got, it went way too long. Cause it was just like keeping on going and going. And then the nail in the coffin was the frisking. I was just like, whoa, she's no, touching these men. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, I mean, which is, I mean, f- fine, because that's kind of how it used to be, you know, whatever. But I mean, it's, it. I mean, in, in a way, like they were having fun with each other. They're all colleagues. But I mean, it's, it was a joke that really didn't land because it went on too long. If she like went up to him and was like, just touched like, you know, their shoulders, like, oh, oh, yeah. hey, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, and she would have been like, oh man, that was some good shoulders or something like she that. Should've, she should have gone it. for the muscle. She should have just gone for the muscle. It was awkward when she went down on the pants. I didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it went on too long. It was really weird, but it was, there's just a lot of wrong things. And I think everybody needs to be fired that works on the Oscars and they need to hire a brand new fucking team. <laughs> yeah. They Start really do. top to bottom. Um, because we love watching these shows and there just haven't been good in so long. So no, it's, it's, it's been a long time since like a really good Oscar. I just, I, I only wanted to comment on the good ones of the good things last night, which I did think I thought that it was better than last year. I thought the three hosts were, I did think they did a good job with what they, like they seem good and they, they gave some good laughs, but you know, not, not the whole time. And then I was happy for a lot of the wins. There, yes, this was a really great win. Yes. We're happy for Coda so mm-hmm. much. We're, we're very happy. Happy for Ariana DeBose from West Side Story. Um, Troy Kotzer. Troy yep. Kotzer. Yeah, Troy Kotzer. Um, I'm happy Coda for Will Boy. Smith. 
I am happy for Will Smith for best actor. Yes. <laughs> despite everything. Definitely um, happy for Jessica Chastain. Yep. Was I was happy I was- about her. And I want to say. I would actually be happy if Lady Gaga hosted next year as well. I mean, oh, her I handling that. of Liza, Liza Minnelli, Minnelli with her ailment, it was just unbelievably great, poised and wonderful. She and, is incredible. Yeah. So if it's Lady Gaga, I hey, I awesome. But there was a lot of you, good moments with the winners and the speeches. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, it was brought down with some stupid jokes, bad editing and filming, and the slap. And it was just, I wish none of that would have happened, but hopefully Mm -hmm. they learn completely from this year and they completely reinvent themselves next year, right? I really hope so. Wait, I didn't, what was your thoughts on the In Memoriam? Oh, so the In Memoriam. Um. You know, they're always trying to do because usually, I mean, they did that Midler one year singing. They they've done sad music. And it seemed like this year it was like instead of, you know, making you cry and very on the nose, you know, sad music. It seems like they really tried to make it like a happy cry, like, oh, these people, we, we miss them. But let's celebrate their life with, you know, happier songs and stuff like that. Um, which I guess I was fine with. I never liked the in memoriam stuff. I just don't think it's needed. <laughs> See, I like it, but I think it, again, it, that, that was a prime example of the Oscars trying to be fancy. We don't need you to turn it into a concert. We don't need celebrities singling out certain, uh, you know, celebrities that passed away. We just need the full screen of the people that passed away and you could throw in some movie clips of theirs, how you blend it in and have a sad song, whatever, a slow song and and leave it be. Not everything needs to be jazzed up like the Oscars is traditional for I mean, it, look at how the Critics Choice does it. We don't like really like glitz and glam out like anything. We don't try that like hard to go like. No, I'm, I'm sure they did it this way because some they saw some Twitter comments like, oh, they, they should really be happier with the in memoriam. And they were like, oh, that's a good idea. And they did it. And it just maybe if they played a happier tune, but without anybody dancing in front of it yeah, and just played that, you know, like, you know, the dancing is where it got like awkward. No, it's like, are you guys like seriously like dancing now? Cause you're taking away from what's on screen and mm-hmm. paying respect. You're, Exactly. showing something else so it, it was a it was too much yes so yeah that's that, that was my thought about that and i mm-hmm. i i think this, this was a good year for oscars and you say it was better than last year but i imagine the last two years haven't been great for oscars because everything was yeah you haven't Zoom been or, watching right yeah this was, this was that's why i was surprised you even watched honestly i know your distaste for the oscars right so. right so do you even think you're gonna watch next year now <laughs> I mean, I feel like unless it's The Rock and Kevin Hart, um, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. It just depends on what's going to happen and what movies are out and stuff like that. But we will we will see. It, it breaks my heart because Oscars is my second favorite day of the year. I will always love it. I'll always want to watch it and root for it. But something needs to change because ever since the Kevin Hart uh, 
fiasco thing that happened, it has slowly been going, it was going, it was descending and then it like plummeted. And then it just, this last one was like, it, it lifted the ground a little bit. It was, it was, it, it like stayed afloat. It stayed afloat, but it wasn't good. No, you're right. It, it really oh, no, it's was. not a good look at Oscars. They have to rebrand themselves. They really was, do. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is going to go with, with the fact that like, you know, golden globes are not a thing right now. And so they're, you know, we can't really bash them. Like Oscars just made themselves be the after all the other award shows, they made themselves look like the worst one of the award season no, this year. No, they were. They were. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Oscar talk. Um, I'm sure everybody has something to say and we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks in regards to everything that happened. We're happy for all the winners. Um, mm-hmm. Sans Jane Campion. <laughs> I- <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. I have no idea what to say about that. There's, I'm happy another woman won. We, there's only been three women directors that have won, you know? But that? she wasn't the best director. Come on. I um, didn't say that. I didn't vote for her, but I mean, I don't know. She, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say either, but let's move on to say. our blind watch, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Blind watch, where we take a movie we both haven't seen and we review it. We watch it together. Um, I picked a movie uh, this week uh, that we actually didn't uh, get to watch. So I had to, on last, you know, within a couple minutes, pick one. uh, And we landed on a movie called No Exit, which is on Hulu right now. And No Exit is a movie that um, is directed by Damien Power, who directed a movie called Killing Grounds. It's a horror movie. Um, it is written by Andrew Barr and Gabriel Fiari. Um, and it stars um, Dennis Haysbert, um, you know, the Allstate insurance guy, or President Palmer from 24, Pedro Serrano from Major League, uh, Dale Dickey, the meth addict uh, crazy woman who drops a um, ATM on her husband's head in Breaking Bad, uh, amongst a few other people. Um, and we went into this being like, okay, it's Brian's pick. What's he going to pick? No exit. It looks scary. It looks weird. You know, I was excited for it, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think I was too. I was, I had some thoughts. Like I was like, oh, this might be bad, but yeah, about 15, 20 minutes into it. Susan and I are like, this is pretty cool. This is a pretty cool setup. I was hooked. I was, uh, it was intense. So yeah, this movie is intense. It's pretty fun. It is an evil, mean-spirited movie. Oh, yeah. With its uh-huh. villains. Uh, it does kind of go off the rails towards the end. Like, it mm-hmm. just doesn't seem like they quite knew how to really end the movie in a way. But the journey until then is super fun and fleshed yes. out. What do you think? I completely agree. Um, it starts out 
really well. Like if it doesn't take long to get right into it. In, in fact, it was a, it was a pretty short watch, right? I didn't feel like it was long. Yeah. Um, that, the movie was uh 90 minutes. So it's, oh, it's an hour love and a half. It. It's really, that's really my short. favorite runtime is 90 yes, minutes. That's 90 my minutes. fave. <laughs> yeah. If there's ever a screening that's 90 minutes, I'm usually at it just because it's oh, quick. I know. Awesome. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that runtime. So, but yeah, it, it jumped like right into things really quickly, which I, I always respect. And, um, it was just, I was, I mean, Brian and I were texting a lot. I was so nervous throughout most of this film. It was so fun getting there. Like you said, like just that feeling of like tensity and I'm like, what's going on. And I love the whodunit. I will say they kind of reveal the, the, the perpetrator, whatever you want to call it. Um, early on quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Early on. Um, there's some good twists and turns though, that make you, I, oh, I guess that's why. So yeah. So there's, there's enough twists and turns though. So don't, don't be distracted. Don't, don't be discouraged by like, oh, they already ruined it for us. There's, there's more, there's more to the, the story eye. than meets, <laughs> yes, than meets yeah. the eye. It's a whodunit, but it's really a holy shit. Who's done it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it is really good. I just think there's something towards the end. That's the only thing. That's my only qualm with it. They could have fixed something at the end just because it's like, oh, come on. This is ridiculous. There's one thing that I'm just like, are you kidding me? Even for a horror flick, that's too stupid. That the, Yeah, there, there's a know? lot of, there's a couple moments. Like I will say the same thing for that movie Fresh on Hulu. Towards the end, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, yes, we're doing- same thing. Same we're thing. doing some dumb horror movie moments, even when Fresh- legitimately and literally talked about those types of things in movies and they still did them that happens in this movie but it's still fun so what the movie is about um it follows this uh girl who's in drug rehab who uh sneaks out of drug rehab to go to uh to see her mother and um her her ill mother and on the way there's a snowstorm so she has to she's told by the police to go to the nearest uh, rest stop where there's other people waiting out this snowstorm. The drug addict uh, girl goes out walking around in the snow and she hears something in a, in a big van. And it turns out it's a little girl who's all taped up and duct taped up. Um, So clearly somebody inside has kidnapped a girl. We don't know who. And from there, it's kind of like, who did this? Who's done it? And as more, clues are revealed the more details come about and the villains show their face oh man it gets mean it gets violent it gets gross and gory there's some stigmata exorcist stuff going on like this is more graphic than i thought it was was, i was like i did not expect this movie to be as bloody as it was yeah no it was bloody and the villains are mean as shit for almost no reason like (sighs) it's because the the villain's motive is well, don't you know, don't say it. No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> saying like it's something like it's it's real. It's the realistic thing, and it's the thing you're gonna think it is. But it's just like why, why why are you mad, bro? Why so mad, mm-hmm. bro? <laughs> like it's just like man, mm-hmm. you're really just going for it. And this is based off a book, and I haven't read the book yet. But I wonder if they took certain liberties here or whatever they did. But it's not about the conclusion. It's about the journey to get here, and the performances here are pretty spectacular. Oh yeah. No, no, no. Really good performance. Honestly, for a small budget film like this, the, all the acting was good. Um, and 
really well written, except for the end. That was the only thing yeah. I would have fixed. Like, and just, and not even like the end end, just like the like little before end. There's some dumb horror tropes where you're going to look at the screen and we're like, bitch, don't do that. You're just, there's like, <laughs> I, I wish we're not going to spoil it, but you're going to know exactly what we're talking about when you see it. Cause you're gonna be like, what? Why wouldn't you do this thing? Yeah, why won't you do this thing? There, God. there's no. They, they didn't know about the double tap rule in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's, it's very frustrating. It was, but the lead up till that is, it's one of those movies where you start out and then it gets the suspense builds, and then by the time you're kind of sweating, you're kind of on the edge of your seat, and you're just like, oh my god, this is, man. My heart writes up. This is this is pretty fun. This is cool. Oh my god, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And it's super cool. And I mean, this would have been a really fun movie to see with an audience because yeah. there's like there's lots of reveals and you're just like lots of gas would have been had. Uh, lots of gas were had. We were able to text during it though, because I feel like I was particularly texting quite a bit with Brian during this because <laughs> it was because there's there's so much because that's the one thing that would have sucked watching it in theaters is I couldn't like. You're going to because you're going to have so much speculation because it is a mystery. And the, when there's a whodunit involved, just like a scream film, you're constantly like, oh, that person's bad. No, I think that person's bad. And you're just like, so I was like texting my theories quite a bit. Yeah. No, it was good. There's a lot of that. And but it's 90 minutes. It's quick. It's super mm-hmm. fun. It's well done. Uh, and some good acting from both veterans and newcomers. Uh, I definitely, definitely recommend it for like a, th- a thrilling movie night. As do I. Actually, this is, along with Fresh on Hulu, quite the treat for for uh, people who can just stream it. I mean, it's great. It yeah, is, do it. it. Yeah, it's called No Exit. Um, and if you're a book reader, uh, get the book. Tell us how it is. Oh, uh, we yeah. We would love please. to hear from you. Um, and that brings us to our honorable mentions, kind of what we're watching right now. Uh, we're kind of in, you know, that February, March, kind of like, after awards season before summer movies. So there's just not a lot of whole lot of greatness as far as movie wise, but there's a couple of them out there, but yeah, Susan, do you have any that you want to mention? I'm trying. It's hard to think of movies. Oh, we just saw the lost city. That was a fun one. If you watch like a, like a carefree uh, action, romantic comedy with good people in it. It's, Mm -hmm. it's super fun. It's funny. It's, you know, you watch it and you're like, I have a smile on my face. I laughed. That was what I wanted out of this. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did enjoy that one. And I think, um, what you might call it, uh, well, I just binged Bridgerton season two, like literally in a day and a half. <laughs> so how's the music? How's the sex? And how's the acting? I just need to rave so much about the music. I love it. I am such a sucker for um, like instrumental, especially like the violin of songs that I know. Like so Madonna like, and stuff like Madonna, that. Madonna, Material Girl, Robin, Dancing on My Own, uh, Miley Cyrus, Wrecking Ball. It is great. It is There's so many great songs. Pink, What About Us? It, it, it fits so well in the show. Just genius. Anyways. The music's phenomenal. Uh, props to the lack of sex this season. Props. This of, we need yeah. more sex and everything. What are you talking about? Uh, look, I <laughs> I love a good sex scene. I'm a fan. And don't get me wrong. I was hooked on Bridgerton season one. But I think if anybody who watches these shows, if you realize like 
yeah, they kind of use that as a, it can, it can feel forced. It can feel forced when you watch these like, um, like steamy love stories. And after a while, even in the first season, I did think they were kind of doing a little too much. I was like, okay, you're just throwing sex just to throw it. This one, I respected season two a little bit more just because they relied more on the backstory and character development and let us earn the big sex scene that comes. And um, I don't think that a show, I think if your show is only entertaining because of sex scenes, then that you probably don't have the best series. But I think they prove that they are more than just sex. And you don't want to run, you don't want to run into that because like, this is actually the biggest problem with uh, those, those romance movies. Like, uh, I mean, I know you're going to say 50 shades of gray is shitty anyways, but 50 shades of gray ran into this problem. I loved watching the first movie, but by the second and third film, it was the same thing. It was just sex, sex, sex over and over. I was like, Oh, 20 minutes went by here. They are having sex. Can we just agree that 50 shades of black was better than any 50 shades of gray movie? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. It was, it was. I, don't, I couldn't like rewatch those 50 shades of gray, but anyways, Bridgerton two season, season two. I really, really love what they did there. And I love the, the love story this season too. Did you watch it yet? No, no, I haven't watched it yet, but I've I've heard some things. You watch it though, right? You watch. Oh, I love Bridgerton season one. Love oh, okay, it. that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah, you'll have to let me know when you watch season two. I will. Um, and the one I'll mention, um, if you haven't watched it yet on Netflix, uh, Bad Vegan. Um, mm-hmm. it's a true crime four episode mini series, uh, true crime. And I just want to say, Bad Vegan, move over Tiger King. Here is your next batshit insane true crime wow. documentary. What is it even about? So it's about a woman who was a vegan, who was a very, very top successful restaurateur in New York City. She fell in love with a guy who was, who basically manipulated her into giving him millions of dollars and convinced her her dog was immortal. Oh my God. And there's way more to that story, but holy God, move over Tiger King. This is the next batshit insane documentary. Bad okay. vegan. There's only four episodes and trust me, you're going to be like, holy shit. <laughs> How okay. did this happen? <laughs> I've got Tinder swindler on my queue. So I got to watch that first. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the bad vegans only four episodes. So it's real quick, but uh, mm. do that. Um, But yeah, that is No BS with Brian and Susan, episode 35. We love that you're here. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere else, YouTube. Uh, We're going to be back on a much more regular schedule. Uh, We're going to try to do one or two a month instead of waiting one every two months. Yeah. Um, So it is Susan's turn to pick next time. And uh, we will uh, be updating you with our next topics and um, whatnot next uh, in a couple weeks. But we love you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Love you guys. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.